Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear wonderful truths out of your word that will encourage us, excite us, and develop us in our faith so that we may be pleasing unto you. Father, open our hearts and our ears to hear what you have to say for us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said? Amen. 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 So, welcome, Jaquise Sedlitz. Awesome. Woohoo! All right. See, now we definitely get to test this while I'm up here. I'm officially on the clock, so I can hear myself. You guys can hear me good out there? All right, that's a thumbs up. Thank you so much, Dominic. I appreciate all your help. Well, good evening, everyone. How are you guys doing? You guys are the troopers. Let me tell you, you guys came out and disciplined yourself to beat the... Actually, I think God was watching over us because it is a much cooler day today than it has been. So can we give God praise for cooler weather and air conditioning, right? <laughs> I said that that's really awesome because I kept saying, oh, Lord, I know how it is to have to teach when, uh, you know, it's hot and people don't want to come out and everything. But I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that your obedience to come out tonight, your commitment to come out tonight is going to be greatly rewarded by our God. He is smiling down on us right now, and I'm really, really super, super excited to share with you all. So um, there's a few familiar faces for me in the audience. I may be a new face to some of you, but maybe by the end of this night, we will not be so unfamiliar with each other. That'll be a good thing. So um, like Pastor Chuck said, my name is Jacquees Edmonds, and uh, Pastor Chuck and I actually know each other from a networking business group, and so we've partnered together, and I have had the pleasure of speaking before the um, women's congregation uh, earlier this year. And uh, again, Marianne, thank you for that invite. And Chuck, thank you, you guys, both of you. Thank you very much for this privilege and opportunity. And um, I was teasing Tony. I said, I pray I don't disappoint you guys tonight. So, you know, right? It's going to be really, really fun. It's a small, intimate group, you know. So as we go through, this is a lot of information. This is a Bible study. So the teacher in me is really, really, really going to go through a lot of details, but please, you know, feel free to raise your hand um, if you have a question. We probably won't have a lot of time for a lot of in-depth uh, discussion and that kind of things, but if you just need clarity, a lot of it is going to be on the PowerPoint, and this is going to be a four-week series, so we'll kind of review as we go along and things like that. Does that sound good? Yes. Awesome, awesome. So it's interesting because um, my professional career, what I've been doing for the past mm, four or five years is um, coaching one-on-one, -on -one, life coaching, Christian life coaching, actually, you know, training Christians in the field of discipleship and how to live a holy lifestyle. And I myself, if you would have asked me 10, 15, 20 years ago, would this be what I'd be doing? I would have told you, uh, no, because that requires public speaking, and this girl doesn't do public speaking. Well, we all know that God has his plan, and um, I'm grateful. I've never been the type of person who wanted to stand on a platform and make myself great, but I am honored that God chose me to be the platform that he stands on to show himself great. Amen? Amen. All right, so with that being said, you guys just bear with me. Um, like I said, I have a lot of notes here. I want to uh, gauge my time. I also have a reputation as a teacher of being a little long-winded, you know, um, speaking more words in 30 seconds than anybody that has ever, you know, known. And so I said, okay, Lord, help me take my time, you know, help me... Um, present this material in, in a timely fashion. And like Pastor said, we'll have a little break because I know it's sometimes hard to be able to digest everything and, and stay focused, to be honest. Like, you know, like again, with the heat, you might start nodding off. So if you see your neighbor nodding off, 
Don't hit them upside the head, just give them a little nudge, just like that, okay? A nice little friendly love tap, and we'll all be on the same page. So, um, <laughs> as your speaker today, I have a responsibility, okay? We're going to be going through the subject of the fundamentals of faith, and my responsibility, my job, is to equip you, okay, with the knowledge and the information that is going to help you grow in your faith. My job is to present the material. God has a job too. His job is to bring revelation or understanding to your hearts and your minds regarding the information that I'm going to share with you. And guess what? You guys have a job too, okay? Your job is going to be to seek out the revelation and the understanding, to be here with purpose and intention so that you actually are striving to Get something out of this. Don't let your time here be in vain, okay? I don't want one single person to be able to leave here the same way that they came, okay? So is that a deal? We all have a job to do, and we're all going to do it. I know God is faithful to always do his part, so we'll partner together to do our part. Amen? All right. Well, there's my introduction, ladies and gentlemen. And with that being said, let's get into the fundamentals of faith. I have somebody that's going to be following me along up here, so I'll probably just either you know, give you a little clue or say, hey, who's, who's my person back there? I can just wave to, hey, okay, my girl's back there. Um, and we're going to start week one with the fundamentals of faith. So let's begin. We want to know why is faith so important? Why was I asked to come and teach a month-long class on faith? Well, Let's just start with the scripture, because that's always a good place to start, isn't it, right? So we know from the scripture in Hebrews 11:6, this is what the Bible tells us. It says that without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he, is a re that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So... For me, this was my fundamental or my foundation scripture for teaching this because if we do everything else and don't have faith, we can't stand before the Lord and have him say, well done, my child, well done. So I wanted to use this as our, as our catalyst, as our foundation scripture um, because I don't know about you. Is there anybody who's interested in pleasing the Lord? I kind of think that's why we're all here, right? So we have to get the fundamentals down. We have to get the basics down. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him because anyone who comes to him first must believe that he exists and, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So guess what? I just got a revelation right from the start. There's a reward that comes from you operating by faith. Right there, there's an expectation that you get to leave here with, knowing that as you operate and walk by faith, there is a reward that God has for you. And I also know that the scripture says that he only gives good gifts. So whatever that reward is, it's going to be good. Amen? All right. So write down Hebrews 11:6. If you're not able to copy down the entire scripture, just know where the reference is, and we'll go on to the next part. So why would I ask the question, what is real faith? right? I don't know about you, but most of us have been on this planet long enough to know that we live in a society where everybody's got an opinion about something, right? Or about everything, I should say. So when it comes to faith, 
You could ask people in the world, what is faith? You can ask other believers, what is faith? And you're going to get a whole lot of different options, a whole lot of different points of view. And so what I like to do is, again, go to the Bible and see what God says about it. The very first thing that I learned, ladies and gentlemen, is that faith is more than just a belief system, okay? It's more than just a belief system. It's a way of life. A lot of times when I ask people what is faith, and they'll say faith is believing, and they're half right, okay? Faith is believing, but there's more to it. It is a way of life. Faith is a lifestyle that represents the kingdom of God. It is the way that we live. And just in case you think that those are just my words and my opinions, I have a few scriptures here that I want to kind of run through that tell us exactly what God thinks about faith and what it is with regards to this lifestyle. So, for those of you who are ready to dive right into your Bibles, this is where we're going to start, okay? So if you either have your Bibles with you, if you're doing it on your smartphone, or if you just want to listen, I'm going to go through the scriptures that are listed on this PowerPoint here and to see and prove by scripture that faith is a lifestyle. So let's start with Romans 1.17. Romans 1.17. Okay. And a lot of times I like to go straight to the word and have you look at it like I said, because how many of you know this book, this word, it is alive. It is truth, right? So it's not just a storybook. It's not just words on a page. When you connect with these words, you feed your spirit, you give life to your spirit. So Romans 1.17, and I'm actually reading my Bible is the New King James Version. Okay. So, let's see. There we go. All right. Romans 1.17, New King James Version says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. The just are the righteous people. Again, I asked were there any blessed people in the room, any righteous people in the room. Even if you don't feel righteous, guess what? God has made you righteous. So yes, everybody should say, I am righteous. I am the just of God. And so therefore, according to this scripture, the just shall live by faith. It also says the just shall live by faith. Let's go to Galatians 3.11. Let's see if we can find more proof in the Bible here. Galatians 3.11. Remember, this is all just giving us a foundation that faith is more than just believing. Galatians 3.11, it says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just, the just are us, shall live by faith. Again, life. faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. Two more really quickly. Uh, Hebrews 10.38. Let's go to Hebrews 10.38. And... All of these so far have been in the New Testament, and there's also going to be our last scripture that comes from the Old Testament so that we know from front to back we got ourselves covered. So Hebrews 10, 38. All right. I want you guys to know you're probably going to go more into scripture tonight than you probably have in the past, let's say, six months. <laughs> All right, Hebrews 10, 38. 
My pastor always says, when you have it, say, I have it. All right, there we go. All right. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That reminds me of the scripture we read in Hebrews eleven six 6 that said, God, without faith it's impossible to please him. So again, he's saying without that faith, right, that we live by this faith here, now, now the just shall live by faith. Now is a continuous state of being. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I have no interest in not bringing pleasure to God in the way that I live. And so faith is how we live. Um, the last one, let's go back, all the way back. Let's go into the Old Testament to a book that some people always say, huh? And when I try to uh, pronounce it, it's really a funny name, Habakkuk. We'll go to Habakkuk 2.4. And it is in the Old Testament, which my pastor always says, now if you need to first go to your table of contents, it's okay, right? Because a lot of us don't know where to find that at as quickly as some of the other chapters. So Habakkuk 2.4. And when you have it, say, I have it. All righty. All right, and I have it. It says, behold the proud, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So, once again, you all will be leaving here tonight having four scripture references that prove that faith is more than just a belief system. It is how we are supposed to live. I don't know how many of you guys in here are on this social media thing, but there's two uh, platforms that I'm on. One of them is Facebook, the other one is Twitter. And they give these, I call it like a handle. I, I know that's not the word you use, but I'll say you can find me at faith is how I live. That's my handle on Twitter and Instagram kind of thing, you know, because when I found this out, I wanted to represent that, and I wanted people to think when they associate that, that that's what I believe in here. So we got any faith livers, faith lifestyle people in the house, right? Okay, so now we're all saying it's lifestyle, but now we're going to get into some meat to actually see, well, what does that mean? Because I've already committed myself to it. Now I got to make sure that I'm following in line with this. So Write those scriptures down. We're talking about what is real faith, right? Not only what is real faith, the next slide talks about the biblical definition of faith, okay? The biblical definition of faith. This is, again, we want to look at what God says about it. In Hebrews 11.1 1, from the New King James Version, I love this because we get to break this down into pieces. So let's watch this. Again, here's that word. God starts off with now, okay? He is a God of now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Most of you are familiar with that scripture, but let's really figure out what that means. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So substance is a tangible thing, isn't it? Right? So faith, even though you can't see it, God, he uses that as a substance as a tangible thing. It says, now faith is the substance of things that we hope for. It's the evidence of things that we don't see, right? We all know this. In the world, people say, I'll believe it when I see it, right? God is saying, your faith is what allows it to be seen, 
Ah, okay, so you have to know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There was um, something that I wrote in my notes that I was going to add in on this uh, PowerPoint, and I forgot to before I sent it, but when I talked about faith and belief, and I said most people equate those two words together, right? Same, sometimes hope and faith, people use those words interchangeably, and they're actually two different words as well, right? So if faith is the substance of things hoped for, faith obviously can't be hope. And what I teach is this, hope from a gathering of different um, perspectives, the, the definition that I came up with with hope was this. Hope is that joyful, confident expectation that what you are believing for is going to come to pass, right? It is a joyful, confident expectation. Hope is not just wishing sitting around and being very passive and mm, maybe it's, it's like there's an eagerness to your hope, okay? And your hope, ladies and gentlemen, acts as an anchor to keep you grounded while your faith is in operation, okay? Because the Bible says don't get weary in this thing. Faith t takes time to get from when you, when you declare something and when you actually see it come to pass. But don't let that time discourage you and make you think that it's not going to happen. Have hope anchor you down with a joyful, confident expectation that your prayers are going to be answered, that what you need is coming, right? Whatever it is. So I want you guys to really, really, really expand, if you will, your understanding of everyday common words that we use all the time. But when it comes to the Lord and it comes to this word, I don't think I put it in this uh, PowerPoint either, but I say, Faith is our superpower, right? If you had to walk around with an S on your chest or a cape on you, you know, I'd rather have an F because faith is our superpower. That is the answer to everything. So that is something that I want you guys to take with you tonight as well. So let's keep going just on defining. We, we haven't even cracked the surface yet, y'all. I hope you guys understand this. This is really deep stuff. This is how people can teach on faith month after month, year after year, because it's continuously expanding in knowledge and revelation. So what I like to do when I study the Bible is I like to read different translations, right? Because it gives me more insight. It helps give me more clarity. So the same scripture, which is Hebrews 11.1 1, in the New King James, now is going to be in the Amplified Version. So I have this up here. It's a little bit small. But the Amplified Version says this, and I love it because there's so much detail. It leaves nothing to be misunderstood, okay? Now faith, okay, well it started the same way there, now, 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 now. Now faith is the assurance, okay? Remember that word I used confidence earlier with hope? Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, and the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Okay, see, most people read this stuff and they go, see, that's why those people are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? Because none of this makes any sense, but it really does. If you think about it, if you think about the fact that we serve a God who can just at the mention of a word create 
the entire universe, create you and I. So what I like to say is this, when you look at the Amplified Version, let's, t- let's break this down real quick. This is a Bible study, right? So we're going to break down some scripture a little bit. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, and the title deed. So I'm going to give you guys a little example. Let's just say that some, I'm going to use the people that I know in the audience, if you don't mind. Let's say Sandra asks me, do you own a home? Because she's a real estate agent. And I might say, yeah, I own a home. She goes, well, I've never seen your home, right? I can say, here's my title deed. And I hand it to her. Is that going to be proof enough to her that I own a home in most cases? Right. Faith is our title deed. Faith is that thing that we present to the world that shows we have what God says that we have. All right? So, same thing with um, a pink slip, I guess, to a a vehicle, right? Someone might say, hey, do you own a vehicle? I say, sure I do. Well, I've never seen you in a vehicle. I can whip out my pink slip, and I'll say, see, I own a car. And they go, oh, okay. And then there's no more questions, right? That's your, the second part of this says your proof, right? Your proof of things that I've never seen. But I've got my title deed. I've got my pink slip, right? Faith acts as that for you, ladies and gentlemen. So, As you can see, we're building on how powerful, remember that superpower, how powerful faith is. No longer will we walk out of here today and treat faith casually, okay? No more. It is our superpower. So I just like to be able to break things down a little bit, again, leaving no doubt. It is the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That second part, ladies and gentlemen, is what we're going to Um, talk about in more more length. I think it's on week, actually it might be next week on week two. I'll have to look at the notes, but again, there is a lot to this uh, little five-letter F word that is now our new superpower. So that is some scriptural reference for you guys there. Let me see here. There's another, (laughs) you guys will know that I like the Amplified Version. So on the next slide, it talks about what is real faith, but it gives us an example from Colossians. So if you want to look this up in your New King James Version, you can do the comparative or if you have the NIV. So what I found is I found another example in Colossians 1.4 from the Amplified Version that says, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And then there's a set of parentheses, and I love those parentheses because right in between the parentheses we can always find the good stuff, the good juicy details. It says this, listen to this, the leaning of your entire personality on him in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. See, when I read stuff like that, I get goosebumps, you guys, because that is just so powerful. It's so... um, convicting, right? So I used to do this thing where I would say, okay, the leaning of your entire personality, right? Your absolute trust and confidence in him. So faith, is, does, does faith sound like, again, a very passive or very casual, insignificant word? Not at all. Not as far as God is concerned, okay? So that's the amplified version from Colossians 1.4 that in the parentheses will tell us another view of what faith is. So has that in and of itself for anyone kind of elevated, if you will, 
your understanding and your awareness of what faith really is so that when you use that word and you're looking for it, you're going to automatically challenge yourself to go to another level because you're going to have insight now of what this is really all about. So that's what real, real faith is. Okay, so now that we know what real faith is, let's go on to the next slide that talks about how do we get it, right? How do we get faith? This is important to know. If it's impossible to please God without it, I would hope that he would tell us how, how to get it, right? First and foremost, I did put it in here. Okay, our faith is a gift that God has deposited into our hearts, uh, uh, deposited into the hearts of every human being. Faith is a superpower, okay? So it's not on that one, but it is in mine. Um, God has dealt to each man the measure of faith. So from those two statements right there, what we see is that when God created us, when we were born, actually when we accepted Christ, we needed faith to be able to even do that, right? So that's why that's the one and first gift that he gave each and every one of us was the gift of faith. And in Romans 12, 3, it says that God has dealt to each man or each person, I have it in capitals here, the measure of faith. The reason why I have it that way is because, remember how I talked about the different translations of the Bible? There's different translations that say God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And I thought, hmm, I was sitting in a service one day in a sermon and my pastor was teaching. He said, that doesn't quite sound right because let me demonstrate for you all what God dealt to every man a measure of faith sounds like. I need two volunteers. Can I get two volunteers to come up to the front for me? I promise it won't have to be anything hard work that you'll have to do. I just have to stand here for two seconds. So if I can get one person over here and one person over here, I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. I see one and I got two. All right. So God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Let's say for the sake of this demonstration only that I am God. Okay. And let's say that I am going to deal to each one of my children here, a measure of faith. And so I come to this gentleman. What's your name, sir? Richard, all right, Richard, I am God and I am dealing to you this gift of faith. Please hold it up for everyone to see your faith. And you, sir, what is your name? Charlie. Charlie, I'm going to deal to you a measure of faith that I'm going to give to you, and this is your faith. Can you please hold that up for everybody to see your faith? Now, <laughs> if I was a loving, compassionate father and I had children, who do you think is going to feel a little bit cheated if I dealt faith in this measurement here? Richard's going to feel a little cheated, right? Okay, so looking back to translations, make sure you seek. Remember how I said your job, you guys, is to seek revelation and understanding? The Holy Spirit revealed that it's not that God deals a measure of faith to everyone. He deals the measure of faith. That means that... I can take that back for you, sir. And I'm going to give you the full measure of faith, which matches Charlie's. And I'm going to give Tony the full measure of faith. And then I'm going to come and I'm going to give Sandra the full measure of faith. Okay. Now, you guys just, um, you two hold yours up there. Matter of fact, I got one more. What's your name, sweetie? 
Sally gets one too, all right? Now, the playing field is even, right? Can you guys kind of see that there, right? So, what you have to know is each and every one of you already has in this, inside of you the measure of faith that you need to live the life that God promised to you. And you don't have to compete with anybody else to be able to get that, okay? So thank you for your help. That is just a visual demonstration that I wanted to do with those. I was going to have you guys try to force to blow these up because that is hard. <laughs> then you would have been able to see, actually, thank you, sir, my next point. But so what it says up here is that we all have been given the same measure of faith necessary to believe God and receive from him. But here's the caveat, okay? The last sentence of this says, but not everybody exercises or uses their faith, right? So remember how I said I, I was going to, uh, you know, get you off the hook so you didn't have to try to blow up those balloons, but that's the stretching. That's the exercise. One person may spend more time putting in the air and blowing up their balloon while another one just kind of sits there on the, on the table and looks at it and, you know, pretty much doesn't do anything with it. So if we think about it in these terms, if we think about the fact that you all have been given the measure of faith, the next slide here is going to talk about what faith is like in sort of a, an, an analogy, right, or a metaphor. Faith is like a muscle, okay? Now, I'm no scientist, but I believe that everybody was born with the same number of muscles in their body, give or take, right? Man or woman, we all got, you know, two biceps, two triceps, whatever, two hamstrings, and that kind of thing. However, if you look around in society, you can see that some people kind of work those muscles a little bit more than others, right? Okay, so faith is like a muscle, but some of us choose to strengthen and grow our muscles more than others. And you guys know what it takes to grow muscle, right? It takes a lot of pressure, strength training, conditioning, um, resistance, right? Yes, yes, exactly. A lot of cardio, you know, you just got to really build up those muscles. So here's the thing, based on scripture, what I want you guys to now have a very clear understanding about is that you don't have to pray and ask God to give you more faith. Remember, everybody's already gotten all the faith that they need. What the proper prayer is, we need to be asking God to help us strengthen the faith that he's already given us. So our faith becomes stronger, right? Um, one of the things that I think I also have in my notes here, let me see. Okay, no, it's the same thing. I think I said it earlier, but it's just a matter of strengthening that faith that you already have. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, there's a scripture that talks about, um, Jesus said, O ye of little faith, right? Again, translations. He wasn't talking about the size of that person's faith. He was talking about the strength of that person's faith, okay? So being in the word is how we strengthen our faith. Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh or faith grows, right, by hearing the word of God. So tonight, guess what you guys are doing? You're building your faith muscles, right? Because you're hearing the word of God. The more you hear, the more those faith muscles are going to grow. Amen? All right, all right. So <laughs> somebody's going to go home and you're going to start doing uh, curls with your, your Bible, right? You're going to start <laughs> trying to strengthen those muscles with that there. It kind of works the same, but not really. 
but not really. So yes, let's always be cognizant of working out our spiritual muscles. All right, let's go to the next slide. And now that we know what real faith is, now that we know how we get faith, right, let's talk about why do we need it, right? Again, all throughout the Bible, talk, God talks about this, so let's figure out why. And we've kind of mentioned a lot of this earlier, but first of all, we need faith in order to even believe that God exists, right? Remember I said that that's what the scripture said, that he who comes to him must first believe in a God who we cannot see. That scripture reference is Hebrews 11:3. We need faith to receive our salvation in Jesus. If you want to just write down the scripture, I'm not going to read through these just for the sake of time. Ephesians 2:8 is the scripture reference for that. And we already talked about the third one that says we need faith to please God, which is in Hebrews 11:6. So, there is a need for why we God tells us uh, why, we, why we need faith. And I think I have um, a couple more. So we'll go on to four, five, and six on why do we need faith. This one I love, number four. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by faith, okay? Everything operates by faith. I think it was actually Marianne that I saw a post that you put on Facebook that said anything that's not of faith is sin right? Because it's basically disobedience in a sense, right? So anything that we do in the kingdom of God, we're going to need faith for, all right? To live this life out here on the earth. Romans 4.17 is a scripture reference for that one. Um, number five, I actually do want to uh, read the scripture for. It's in Hebrews 6.12. Let's see. I'm going to go on my Bible here in the New King James Version to Hebrews 6.12 because it says the promises of God are made possible by faith. Put that there. All right, Hebrews 6.12. All right. So from the New King James Version, it says... Um, that you do not become, actually, let me go back to 11, because it kind of starts. It says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but you imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Anytime someone asks you or you even ask yourself, what is it that I need in order to manifest this promise of God? You need two things. You need faith and patience. Because remember I said that thing about time, between the time that you ask for it and the time that it actually shows up in the earth? See, in heaven, it's, now, it's already done, okay? But it has to translate into the natural. And so that's why God says you're going to have to exercise uh, patience. But this scripture here just says all of the promises, this entire book, right, is a promise of God. Because God can't lie. So it's a promise. Every single word of God is a promise to you. And the way you inherit or manifest that promise is through your faith. Once again, sounds like a superpower to me, right? Okay, awesome. Okay, so number six talks about our victory over hardships of life is achieved by faith. And the scripture reference is 1 John 5, 4. I don't know about all of you all, but in my life, I have experienced some hardships, 
okay? And I did not successfully learn how to be proactive in overcoming those hardships until I learned how to exercise my faith over that situation. So with this one right here, I'm gonna leave you with this because I'm gonna give us ourselves a little bit of break right here. But I want you to think about whatever hardship you may have come in here with, you get to leave out of here knowing that you can exercise your faith over that thing and it's going to be resolved, okay? So our victory is in our faith. The promises of God come by faith. Everything operates in the kingdom of God by faith. So with that being said, before we get on to the next, and I'll just let you know what's going to come up next. We're going to talk about how faith works after the break. Um, be prepared. You're going to have the full gamut. You're going to be so weak. Remember I said my job is to equip you? Yeah, you're going to walk out of here with the full armor on knowing how faith operates. The shield of faith is going to be one thing that you'll be able to take out of here with you. So with that being said, we can just leave this right where it is right there. Are you getting encouraged to exercise your faith? <laughs> there we go. Keep, keep hope alive. A joyful expectation yes. that something good is going to happen Amen. to you. Amen. He's got that down. I like that. Yes. <laughs> I, I write notes up here. There you go. And then I let it seep down. Amen. Amen. Just wanted to let you know that there, there's a no mandatory offering for this. It's just a Bible study. But if you feel like uh, Jaquees is minister to you and you want to minister back to her, you can just fill out a little offering envelope, put it in the basket back there, just make it out to New Heart, and then we'll just make a collective check for her. If you want to do it this week or next week or the week after, you're going to come back, right? I'll be here. I sure hope I don't have to talk Amen. to an empty room. I'll be here. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it. All right. I can hear uh, in the chatter that that break always does a little good just to get your blood flowing, you know, get your, your head out the closet because this is deep stuff, you know, so it is a little heavy sometimes, you know, and as much as I try to make it lighthearted and everything, the word just, oh, it's just so intense, you know. I sometimes have to decide when I, I like to do my morning, uh, I like to do my devotional time in the morning and it's just so engrossing sometimes that I have to set an alarm because I'll start reading the word, I'll start talking to God and praying, and next thing I know, oh, it's been an hour and a half, I need to get up, you know, get a shower, get going, you know, so it's just one of those things that I really hope that, because um, again, I didn't really actually even give you guys any brief introduction about myself and my background and things like that, but, um, you know, I've been saved ever since I was a little girl, eight years old, I believe. Um, I accepted Christ into my life, and I've been a member of my church home for 30, over 35 years now. And I always tell people that, you know, I was raised up in the church, but it took 35 years for the church to raise up in me, right? Because I didn't really understand all of this that we were talking about as a young person or as a young adult and that kind of thing. And it wasn't until the trials of life, you remember how we left off before we took a break about the hardships? It wasn't until my so-called wilderness journey that I discovered how to actually apply this stuff that we're talking about here today. But I stand here before you as proof, as a testimony that it works, okay? That faith works. It is nothing but the grace of God that has me here today. Um, and so again, I get inspired by the word. And what I have now 
is a hunger and a desire for it. And I pray that for each and every one of you. Again, we are all at different levels of our faith, different strength levels of that, right? But we can continue. the good thing about it is we never reach a limit, right? God is limitless. So we can go on this journey and on and on and just get stronger and stronger. And when those times come that we may falter and we don't have the strength of our faith that we need, again, that's why the grace of God is there, right? That's why community is there. And so, again, I just want to really encourage you guys and inspire you to have confidence, have that joyful, confident expectation, that hope that you will become what I call an active participant in your own destiny, partnering with God on the promises that he made you. So no longer do we have to passively sit and wait for stuff to happen and see what's going to happen and then react to it. We can be proactive in getting our circumstances to line up with what God says they should. If there's anything going on in your life right now that does not line up with the promises of God in his word, your faith is what you're going to use to reverse that, okay? So there is an answer. There is an answer, and the answer is our faith. So um, I was talking with Pastor, and I made a comment earlier, and I don't know if everybody was here when I first introduced, and I was saying how I have a reputation of kind of being long-winded and going over time. The good news is, I think I'm pretty much on time here tonight. So you guys are, <laughs> you're going to get home, you're going to have that late dinner or snack or dessert, and everything's going to be great, you know. Um, but I, before we went on, I didn't want to neglect to sort of um, allow for even just a little bit of discussion. There's a few of you that I've talked to one-on-one, -on -one, and you may have been talking with each other, and you all have your own personal experiences, you know. And so I was just wondering if there's anything about what we've already covered so far about faith, even with Pastor just having that um, definition of hope, that's something that I know has stuck with him. Is there anything that's kind of stuck out to any of you that really kind of hit even so far where we're at, and um, maybe you wanted to just kind of share or expound on, and you know, maybe somebody else is feeling the same way? Yes, Carmen. Oh, and I'm sorry, uh, Pastor has a mic only so that everybody can hear you guys. <laughs> um, I know Jacquees from CBP, and when I was talking to her and Sandra, a lot of times you're faced with people that look at you. There you go. Where's your faith? How do you know that it's there? And I told Jacquees that it's hard for me sometimes to explain, but just how she demonstrated with the little balloons and how to explain that it is something that you can actually tangible. see. Mm -hmm. And it's tangible when you explain it correctly. It made a lot of sense, even to me. So I thought that was really, well, that's something that I'm taking with me today. Awesome. That's great. And what's so funny is I wish I could claim ownership of that little demonstration. Y'all know I saw that somewhere on YouTube or something like that, right? <laughs> but hey, it's all good because, you know, whenever you can get revelation, you get revelation. I listen to a lot of uh, pastors and trainers and mentors on, on, you know, YouTube and podcasts. I listen to and things like that. And I go, ooh, that's good. I'm going to use that. And actually, one of the pastors that I listen to, he says, hey, if there's anything that I say from this pulpit and it registers with you, you have my permission. Take it and send it to the world, you know, because at the end of the day, what matters is that you get it. You know, this, we're not in competition or anything like that, but that is how I got a aha moment, 
right, on how to explain the, the gift of faith, you know, and, and how it works. Actually, that's what we're going to get into next is, um, is how it works. But uh, I believe that is going to be a demonstration that you guys will, you know, take with you and, and, and remember, you know. So has anyone possibly maybe um, not, is anything new from what you've been hearing? Is it, you know, giving you deeper insight or is this the, as we say, the, the same old, same old, you know? I think that a lot of times God, if we listen, he, you know, he has that still small voice, right? And we've all been asking him for certain things. And I pray tonight that whatever you've been asking him for, he'll reveal through this, through this lesson, right? Yes, pastor. Well, I, I'd say that for me, it just brought it out. Again there you go. <laughs> uh, hope is your anchor yes. while you're believing. While you're believing. Because you know there's, there's a difference between when you start believing and then when you actually see it. Yes. But the hope keeps you anchored to let you know that that promise has got to come to pass. Absolutely. So that, that really struck home with me. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Same here. I was actually in um, one of my favorite stores now, which I get in trouble every time I go into. Anybody a Hobby Lobby fan in here? A couple people? Oh, my goodness. I was like, that was just dropped from heaven straight into the earth. And I was like, I go in there like a kid in the candy store, and I'll see plaques or, you know, things like that, picture frames. And um, and it says, you know, hope is, is your anchor, you know, and I gave that. Um, I like to get stuff like that for, like, gifts for people and things like that. It's just stuff that ministers to people. And um, so I, I hang on to that, to hope while you're waiting, while you're believing, until it actually comes to pass, you let that hold on to. So thank you for, for sharing that. So as we go into the next half of this, again, if you do have a comment or a question, I know sometimes it can be a little intimidating speaking in front of folks, but hey, we're all family here, right? So just, you know, feel free to chime in. And if I'm running off at the mouth, just wave at me because sometimes I get a little sidetracked and I'm looking at you, but I'm really not looking at you. So if I miss you, I'm not ignoring you, I promise, okay? Sound good? All right, come on up, sir, if you're going to come up, and we are going to go on to our next slide. So we're going to talk about how faith works. Again, something very important that we need to know. We needed to know what it was. We defined what faith is. Then we figured out, well, how do we get it, right? Now we got to figure out how does it work. This is what I love. This is probably going to be, I'm going to do some more demonstrations I think you guys are going to like. So faith is both a noun and a verb, okay? Faith is both a noun and a verb because it requires both belief and action. It requires both belief and action. It's like faith is like a coin, right? If you had a quarter that had a heads and a tails, the only way for that quarter to be effective um, currency here, you have to have both sides. Right? You can't just have the heads or the tails. You have to have both heads and tails. So faith is a noun and a verb because it requires both action and belief. And we get this from James 2.17 that says, and again, you guys are familiar with this, faith without works is dead or ineffective or won't work. Right? James 2.17, faith without works is dead. I believe it says that a couple times in James throughout the, uh, the New Testament. So... Faith will not work if we are operating simultaneously with doubt in our hearts. So with this scripture that's, marked, uh, that's on the screen from Mark 11, 22 to 23, when we do week three for this study, we're going to go in depth into this one. So for right now, 
um, it's sort of like a, um, an appetizer, okay, with, with that one here. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but I need you to know, since we're talking about how it works, you cannot simultaneously be in faith and be in doubt in your heart at the same time. Now, I will give you a little insight into why I've underlined heart and why God talks about that, because in your natural minds, ladies and gentlemen, it's almost impossible for a thought of doubt to not come in, okay? But if you meditate on those thoughts over and over and that doubt becomes a part of your soul, right? It's in your heart, like you really are, um, you know, not even um, unsure. It, it turns into almost just disbelief, right out disbelief. That's when your faith isn't going to work because it's contaminated with that seed of doubt. So don't get into too much uh, legalism if your mind starts kind of having little doubts. Just ask yourself, okay, I thought about that and I kind of doubt, but is that really what I believe in my heart? And I believe we'll see that no, deep down inside I really do believe. So I'm, I'm going to override the doubt that came to my mind and not let it seep into my heart. So how faith works. Your faith will also not work if you are not operating in love. I love this. Galatians 5, 6. Um, let me actually read that one from the New King James Version. Galatians 5, 6. Because this is important. Let's see. In Galatians. No problem. That's what we call the enemy being a hater. He's trying to be all distracted. And I said, oh no, you're messing with the wrong one. You can't mess up my class. Oh no, it's all good. We are love and family. We just gonna go right through it. So I'm looking for, there it is, Galatians 5, 6. All right. We're talking about how faith works. All right. So from the words, uh, of God himself in his word. Okay, 5, 6 says, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. And again, depending on which translation you read that in, the bottom line is that if you've asked yourself, hey, you know, this is, I thought I was in faith believing this for God and I've been standing for a long time waiting for this and it doesn't seem to be working. I remember my pastor used to always say, check your love walk. Check your love walk. Because a lot of times, you guys, we don't correlate things indirectly. We always think it has to be a direct correlation between you know, what we're praying for and what we're believing and what we're seeing and what we're doing. But you could be asking and praying God for, let's just say healing, okay? And we know healing is God's will. But that thing in you might still be there because you have, let's say, a sick soul, meaning you haven't forgiven someone, right? You are that one person at the job that everyone says has that ugly attitude or something. You know, again, whatever it is, our love walk is different from, you know, we're not going to always get along with everybody. It says you doesn't have to like everybody. You just have to love everybody, right? That's where the grace comes in, and that's where, um, again, forgiveness comes in. And I know for a fact, again, through personal experience, that the moment I stopped asking God why 
and I just went to the Word and started holding myself accountable to things, and I looked at my own life, there were some things that I needed to correct, right, that were blocking my blessing. And that's going to be week four, just for you guys who are coming back too, okay? And I needed to correct that. I was not operating or walking in love. Or there's been times where I've said that I believe God is going to do this, and my actions were actually opposite of what I was saying I was believing. So again, a lot of times we think we're waiting on God, and truthfully, ladies and gentlemen, God is waiting on us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's not to shame you. Okay, please hear me, because I've been there too, where I felt guilty now all of a sudden, because I was like, oh, I messed it up. Oh, here I am again, wretched old child that I am, you know. Don't let the enemy shame you or guilt you. The word says, you can come to me over and over and over and over again. I will forgive you every single time. Now, be careful that you don't purposely frustrate the grace of God, right? You know, um, because we know he's loving and because we know he's caring and giving, we just keep, you know, acting up and, and, and running back to him to get rescued and then going back into stuff we know we shouldn't and then going back to, he's not going to play games, but if you genuinely, with a pure heart, ask God to help you walk in love and to, you know, rid your, your, your heart of any doubt, he will help you. And then your faith is going to begin to accelerate. That's the other thing about the time distance. We can actually, you know, with a lot of stuff, have an effect on how long things are taking to manifest based on how much we're operating in obedience to what God says. Obedience will accelerate the manifestation of the promise of God, okay? So there's always good news. There's always good news. And I really, really, really encourage you guys to get into this word. You know, it's Bible study for a reason, corporately, but each and every one of you individually should be having your own personal time with God, where it's you and the word. Um, it's, it's you, like I said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You should be listening to things that are going to feed your faith. That's another example that I didn't use earlier. You need to feed your faith in order to get stronger, right? I don't know how many times I've made the mistake of going to the gym to work out at 12 o'clock noon, and I haven't had an ounce of food in my body. I, 30 minutes in, and they're picking me up off the floor, right? Because I had no nutrients in me, right? So you need to feed on the word if you want your faith to grow stronger. There's so many parallels between the physical and the supernatural when it comes to uh, faith and that kind of thing. So again, that's giving you guys greater expanded understanding and knowledge of the power that you have, that you possess, to transform whatever area of your life needs to be transformed, okay? So even if you're not, you know, comfortable just yet, because we're all still kind of just getting used to this thing here, you know, but write yourself a note and be honest with yourself. At the end of this, I'm going to have a little action plan that I'm going to challenge you guys to do. And whatever the Lord is speaking to you about and putting in your heart about areas where you need to apply your faith, then challenge yourself to leave out of here with a, with a plan to, to do that. So let me back up just a little bit here. 
Faith is both a noun and a verb. It takes action. Here's another example that I, um, I'll say cherry-picked off of somebody that I listened to online, or actually my pastor from the pulpit uh, used this example, and many people have since used it. If we say that faith is believing, and we say that faith is only believing, right? There's some people who just, oh, faith is believing. What would happen if someone were to walk into this room right now and they were malnourished, they were dying of hunger, right? If someone walked into this room right now and announced, I need food, I'm dying. If I eat food, I'll live. They're making a statement of truth, right? The truth is if they eat food, if they're dying of hunger, then they won't die, right? So he comes in, we could have a whole stage platform full of food sitting up here. And if that man continues to stand back at the room saying, I believe, I believe with everything that is in me, I believe that if I eat that food, I will not die. And all of us could cheer him on and say, yes, you're right. Eat, eat and you will not die. Next thing we know, he's on the floor dead back there. Why? Because he never came up and ate the food. So there is an action, ladies and gentlemen, that has to accompany your belief. Because belief by itself, even if you're believing the truth, will not get you the result that you want. You have to take action. That's why they say faith is a leap right into the unknown. Or as the good Dr. King has been quoted, taking the first step when you cannot see the whole staircase and all of this stuff. Again, a lot of stuff that may be in society used very, um, you know, like a cliche, but this is scripture. We said this was truth, right? We said this is words. So as loving as our father is, he has a way of doing things that his word says are above our ways, right? Because we always say, Lord, look, if it was up to me, right, I'd give me the whole blueprint of how this life thing is going to happen before I agree to get started in it. And he was like, that don't take no faith. If I show you everything and give you everything from the beginning, you won't need any faith. And we learned from the very beginning of this class that without faith, it is impossible to please him. We learned that everything in the kingdom of God operates by faith. So why would he set us up to give us everything and then not have a need for what it is that he requires of us? So I always say, Lord, you know better than I do. Whatever it is, you know better than I do. I am trusting you. And I promise you guys, even through the times when I've had, like I said, hardships and trouble, God is always faithful to not only bring me out, but this is what I love about our God. He brings you out and puts you in a place better than when you went in. That's what restoration is all about. But it takes that faith to believe, right, and to trust. I mean, he created us. He knows what's best for us. But we have that side of us that's called the flesh, right? We got that human side. I love when people tell me, you know, oh, I couldn't help myself. I'm only human. I'm only human. I'm only human. I say, would you stop it? You are one-third human. The rest of you is spirit and soul, okay? Meaning, like, there's a part of you that can override that part, but we default to the, I'm only human. I'm only human. But we got a superpower, right? We got a superpower that overrides that. And so it's just very, to me, interesting, like I said, how, how God operates. But um, he's, never, he's never failed me, and he'll never fail you. Even what looks like a failure to you guys, ladies and gentlemen, trust me, in the hands of God, he's a master, right? 
He can re-sculpt, he can mold, he can create anything. And when we operate by faith, when we give him that green light to do that, see, a lot of times we're doing stuff and we're contradicting ourselves, right? We're saying, oh, I believe God is my provider. Yes, God is my source. Yes, he is my everything, you know? And we say that in church or we say that around our believer friends, but then we get around, you know, the coworkers or the people and, you know, the neighbors and this kind of stuff and we get sucked into the gossip, right? And we just start not even realizing that we're contaminating our faith with words that contradict what we just said. You know, God is my source. I'll never get a job. God is my source. I'm always broke. God is my source. I'm sick as a dog. Like, really? Like, that just doesn't work for me anymore, you know? It just doesn't. And so, again, I'm challenging you guys to be very proactive, like I said, in examining yourselves and holding yourself accountable for this information because, you know, as simple as it is, it's very complicated in the sense that we got to play by the rules. You know, there are no um, rules are meant to be broken kind of thing when it comes to this. But if you walk it out and you ask God to help you, don't try to do this in your own strength, you're going to see results. I want people to come back week to week proclaiming results of their faith in action right? So whatever it is, it could be something, today's Wednesday, so between now and next Wednesday, some of you might be believing for something small, some of you guys might be believing for something big. Make sure you're taking action towards that thing, number one, okay? I work with people all the time who are like, okay, I, I need a job, and God is my source, and they never fill out one job application. They never, <laughs> they never make one phone call, right? You know, and I'm thinking, okay, this is not gonna work, you guys. This is not gonna work, you know? Or, again, we laugh the same thing with walking in love, right? It's like, God, oh, I need a, you know, I need a new car, Lord. My car is so old and I can't barely get to work and I gotta commute and Lord, I need, and I'm just using simple examples. There's, you know, variations of different things that we need, you know, and we're praying, we're asking God, and then we go home and what do we do? We chew out our kids. We chew out our spouses, you know, again, we chew out our coworkers at work or even people now, I'll have to, you know, admit and use myself as an example here. I spend a lot of time in public because I work from the community, right? And I have to work on my patience and I have to work on my judgmental mindset and attitude that I still have sometimes. And I said, Lord, please forgive me because I'm sitting here asking you, you know, waking up every morning in my devotional, and Lord, praise and worship, and everything's going on, you know, the minute I walk out of my house, the first person that walks by me does something, and I'm like, you know, it's like, where was that girl that was sitting there that was so full of, you know, joy and love and everything, and God says, you're going to have to work on that, girlfriend, because that's just not going to work, and I have to humble myself again and say, yes, Lord, you're right, you know, it's just, and y'all laugh, because y'all know, y'all do the same exact thing, and I love it, right, right, we do that, you know, and so there's nobody to blame, you know, and it, it ain't, here's talk about blame, it's not the devil made me do it either, okay, because that's the other thing people love to say, Sometimes you did it to yourself because you let the devil come in and influence you, and you can't do that. So, with that being said, faith without works is dead. We want to make sure that we are acting appropriately to what it is that we say we believe God for. Amen?
All right. See, this is good stuff here. How does faith work? So it doesn't work automatically. We cannot have doubt in our hearts. We have to walk in love and we have to have action. Let's go on to our next slide. This is your action plan, ladies and gentlemen. You now have an understanding, or at least you have been given the knowledge, and I pray that you get the understanding, if you haven't gotten it yet, of what faith is, what real biblical faith is, right? We understand how we get it. We understand that it is the gift, the free gift of God that each one of us has already had deposited on the inside of us. So if we have it, we don't have to ask for it. So don't ask God for faith. He already gave it to you. He gave all of us the same amount of faith, but we all need to work on strengthening, expanding our capacity, right, of that faith. And however that happens, and a lot of times that happens during the trials and the hardships, ladies and gentlemen, so we can't be praying those away completely. They will not completely go away, but instead you ask for God to give you the strength to get through and to get out of it what he wants you to get out of it. Never, ever allow yourself to go through a trial or a hardship and not come out with something to show for it. That right there violates God's will too, okay? So we know what faith is. We know how we get it. We know why we need it, okay? Those were some of the slides we talked about earlier, why we need it, and we know how it works. And that is a comprehensive, short little insight into something that has humongous power and ability when properly applied. So what I want you guys to do is take a look at this action plan here. And I want you to start by, this isn't something you're going to do tonight, but take with you um, again. And when we revisit next week, we may review it. Start by examining your current mindset, okay? What you came in here thinking regarding faith, right? And challenge yourself to begin eliminating any thoughts that contradict what you now know to be true based on the supporting scriptures that we've gone through, okay? So you will have to revisit some of those that you wrote down, and you will have to pray and seek the Holy Spirit to give you insight about how it applies to you in your individual circumstances, okay? Because it is, once again, the answer to everything. So start by examining how you really think about faith and make sure that it lines up with what God thinks about faith. And then I'll just kind of throw this in there too. If what you've been thinking doesn't line up, let's not argue with God about it and try to plead our case, okay? Let's just surrender and say, yes, Lord. Because <laughs> that's also very tempting sometimes is the flesh always wants its way, but I don't understand, Lord, but this isn't right, Lord, and this, then, eh, 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 eh. Remember, those things will block and slow down the manifestation of what we've been believing for, okay? So does anybody need any time to finish writing down the first part of this action plan? Okay. And you know I can always get it to you too, Sandra. So, But go ahead and just write that down. There's going to be a second part to this too. I'm really, really big on self-examination um, and self-evaluating constantly because we should always be seeking to grow. And if you're not evaluating yourself, you don't know where you are, how can you grow how do you know where you need to get to? 
okay? Examine your mindset. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and go to the next slide here. The other part of this action plan is this. Identify specific areas of your life where faith is absent or just needs to be strengthened. Okay, and actually when I first wrote this, I didn't realize it until I went back over and I reviewed it. I really shouldn't have that word absent there because remember I said how God gave all of us faith? So it really should read, identify specific areas of your life where faith is weak and needs to be strengthened. That's a more accurate way for me to state that one there. The point, though, is to locate scriptures regarding your specific circumstance that you can meditate on while you are standing on the promises to come to pass. Locate the scriptures regarding the specific circumstance. Whatever it is you are standing in prayer for, with God. You need to have a scripture that validates or supports that. Case in point, if you're believing for healing, where in the Bible does God say that your healing has been purchased and paid for? You need to know Isaiah 53, 5 that says, by his stripes we are healed, right? First Peter 5, 7, I believe it also says too, that by his stripes we are healed. Um, if it's finances that you're believing for, because again, I know I'm not the only one in this room still believing God for increase, right? So Philippians 4.19, that says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus is a constant daily confession and a promise that I've located that when I petition God for that, I said, Lord, and he says, put me in remembrance of my word. Show me the promise, right? Not to prove to him because he forgot, but we need to know. We need to know because when that adversary comes after us, we need to be able to do what Jesus did and give him the word and say, no, Satan, you can't have this. This doesn't belong to you, right? This is mine. So locate these promises, these scriptures, and stand on them. When I say stand on them, confess them daily, okay? That's what's going to help build and strengthen your faith, all right? And here's the last part of this. Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, not to confuse the faith that we've been talking about with this thing called foolishness, all right? Always employ wisdom and don't violate your common sense. This is going to give you guys a good laugh to close on here. Faith and foolishness. Faith does not mean that we deny the circumstances or deny the facts, okay? Faith simply denies the facts or the circumstances to be our truth or to control or override what God says. Faith says, nope, I know sickness is in my body right now, but it doesn't belong here, and I'm going to stand on the promise of God until it leaves, okay? A foolish person who thinks they're operating in faith will say, oh, you know what? I got this pain in my back, and it's been here for a month. But I don't need to go see a doctor because my God will heal me. Well, yes, God's going to heal you, but he said, first of all, I created doctors for a reason, and maybe the way I'm going to heal you is through that doctor. So ladies and gentlemen, please employ common sense. My pastor used to always say, you know, don't be that person that says, uh, what is it, um, uh, Psalms 91, he will give his angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against a stone or, you know, we can fly up on wings as eagles in Isaiah 40, 31. And here we are standing on the top of this building saying, Lord, you are able 
to make me fly. And we jump our little happy butts off a building. That is not faith. That is not faith. That vi- that's an action. Remember how I said appropriate action? That's an action that violates what God's law of gravity says is going to happen. Okay? But here's the flip side of that. Here's what faith looks like. That was foolishness, right? Faith is if I accidentally fell off a second-story, third-story building and landed on the ground, and by all other accounts, I should have been dead, and I wasn't, and I didn't have a broken hip or this or that, hey, I could claim that that was my faith and the grace of God that did that. But I didn't go, like I said, don't frustrate the grace of God. Don't go around trying to run across the street and see how many cars you can dash through without getting hit. God's going to say, you foolish. I'm not messing with foolishness, okay? So common sense, ladies and gentlemen, don't let it violate your faith. It's, very, it's funny, but it's very important because, see, that's what the world does to manipulate the word of God here. And God says, I will not be mocked. Amen? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to use the common sense that God gave us. This is our action plan. This is just for you to be able to take with you and do a little homework, because like I said, after all, this is Bible study. This is class, and um, I want to hold you guys accountable for coming back and at the very least maintaining an elevation, because this is what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen. We're going up. We're going up, and we're going up. So with that being said, We are wrapping up, and guess what? We are right on time. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so coming up next week, we're going to go to the next slide, which is the conclusion, coming up next week. And one more slide change, conflict management. Let's go to the next slide and see what is coming up next week. I know these last ones go through pretty fast, so faith versus feelings. Faith versus feelings and how to let your faith override your emotions. This is going to be another good discussion. This is going to be a very practical discussion. You know, this is where we're going to take all the stuff that we're learning. And then, like I said, now that you guys have your action plan to evaluate your personal situation, you're going to be able to say, how do I actually put this into into action and, and see results? One of the things that we're going to have to talk about is, remember I said the flesh, right? That flesh is what opposes our spirit man. So we're going to dive into how to live by faith and not by sight. That word sight means all five senses and your emotions. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that conflict that happens between the flesh and the spirit. So if you're unable to come next week, I know some people have already had prior commitments. Don't worry, there's lots of people who have taken notes. I do believe that this has also been recorded, so if it's available, we'll let you guys know where you can find that. But I encourage you to um, maybe exchange phone numbers with people or emails or something like that, and that way you guys can not miss out on the totality, because at the end of the four weeks, we're going to put a big red bow on it, and again, it's going to be something that you guys can take with you and really allow the last half of 2018 to be super phenomenal, because you've learned about a super power called faith. Amen? All right. I think that is the end of my slideshow, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome, and you're great troopers for staying in here this late, and may you all be safe in your travels going home, and may God bless each and every one of you, and anything and everyone that concerns you, may he cover you and keep you, and thank you, and thanks to my team up there who helped me out tonight. I appreciate you guys. Thank you.